This week on the Pushball Legs podcast, I am joined by SJ Fitness, Simon and Joe Passy. We talk about the difference in the journey from being general population lean to stage ready, how Simon has changed his training from bodybuilding to powerlifting and back again, and what is coaching, and why are they both leaving a commercial gym setting to go into a studio, and crazy ab workouts. Three, two, one, no Daniel. Hey guys, um, have you noticed that we got no Daniel Meek this week, um, but we have two guys that I've reached out to to bring on the podcast because um, we need replacements for Dan and we need two people to fill his shoes apparently. So I am um, here with Joe and Simon Passy. Hello guys, what's going on? Hey Tom, thanks for having us mate. Yeah. You alright mate? Thanks Not... for having us on, really appreciate it. <laughs> no worries man. So interesting um, story really, how I kind of first kind of met I think uh, probably both of you, but more Simon because he was in my powerlifting competition um, down in Dover. So and pretty much I'll I reckon just, I recognised. I was just sitting in the background. You were sitting there, just. Uh, I actually, I actually, because I think we were sitting behind you, and I saw on your computer, Joe, that I recognised Steve Hall's logo, and you were clearly. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had these coaching sheets up. Yeah. I was uh, in, inputting my data for him. <laughs> Yeah, because I was like, <laughs> I was like, I know that logo. And then I looked at like, I think one of yous was uh, wearing your SJ Fitness logo. And I was like, I know that logo from Instagram as well. And I was like, someone, I was like, I know that. I was like, and then I obviously messaged you on Instagram when you posted about it. I was like, yes, you were there. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so that was pretty much our backstory of how we met essentially but not really and then i reached out so um yeah so what's going on Any, anything exciting so um let's let's introduce you both go for it joe simon roll away you go, you go. we're gonna go first so oh, yeah you're the younger one sj fitness so yeah we um essentially have been in the business um fitness industry for about five six years but then we didn't actually form as a duo um until we you know, two two years ago now is it? About two years ago. Yeah, so we, we got start, we got started two thousand fifteen. Got a bit of experience, you know, just doing a bit of fitness instructing and first, and then both became personal trainers and thought, let's do it. Let's do a joint thing and start doing um, venturing down sort of the online route as well, and obviously training clients one to one. But you know, essentially, it came from like frustration, frustration, <laughs> years and years of just misinformation and following. You know, stuff out there that it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. it's Joe. <laughs> we allowed to swear on this site. Like... Oh, we're we're definitely allowed to swear. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, honestly, when when we started out, like in our late teens, early twenties, all we had was just bodybuilding magazines and no real mentors around us. So, um, you know, we we primarily sort of try and target you know younger males or even anyone really that's been misinformed and try and help them educate them a bit more. Yeah, not fall into the same mistakes that we made for so many years um, in terms of like some of the stuff that, you know, it's everywhere in the fitness industry, basically. Some people don't know where to turn and we try and make it sim- sim- simple as possible with, with our advice. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much, and we've been going for just a couple of years now, just putting out solid information. We hope that people are finding, finding useful. Yeah, essentially, I wasted five years pissing around in the gym and um, <laughs> taking that five years of frustration, mate, and uh, formed it into SJ Fitness. I mean, that's where the majority of like our content will come from, is us speaking about our past and trying to 
obviously the mistakes we made, and there's a lot of them. <laughs> we know it happens, and we know it's going on right now. So we try and best we can with our social media outlet be as consistent as possible with help helping people not make those same mistakes and not waste the same amount of years that I did. Like I said, because for me it was a good fight. Definitely, I would say a good five years. Simon a bit less because he's younger. <laughs> but yeah, five years just just spinning spinning your wheels. Like just go, you just go through sort of like the motions. I'd say you just turn up to the gym, you drink a protein shake, you do some bicep curls, and that's it. That's I think that like yeah, I think we literally. I mean, me and Dan have talked about it before as well because I think we 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 said our first introductions to the gym and how. Dan actually just took weights off the side and the barbell went over and he was like, oh shit, that shouldn't have happened. Uh, and yeah, I, I must have wasted so much time not trying to squat on a Smith, like trying to properly squat on a Smith machine, not having no idea what I was doing. I was like, yeah, this works. I was like, the, yeah. what, what can I load this up to? What is the bar weight? 20? Really? All yeah. right, okay. <laughs> it's like clearly, I, that baffles me about the Smith machine. Nobody knows how much the barbell weighs on that. Absolutely nobody. Oh, it's crazy. It's just <laughs> so um, yeah. But um, I can vouch for these guys. They do put out good content, much to the same ilk of maybe what me and Dan do. It's uh, a lot of it uh, is is now kind of from the evidence based stuff, but yeah. putting it more relatable for people to actually actually to yeah. take some information on. So. That's where it all changed for us, isn't it? When we, a few years ago now, when we started following people that are in yeah. that evidence-based realm, you know, yeah. Eric Holmes and Alan Aragorn, Brad yeah. Schoenfeld, guys like them, and people that have don't talk out their asses basically and have evidence and results to show for it, and obviously reading up on that, applying that to ourselves, but then yeah. also our clients as well, and yeah. you know, the results we're getting is is a lot better than what it was obviously the first when we first started, which was just. Yeah. pretty slow <laughs> I, remember, I remember when I stumbled on Aaron Aragon's website it was literally like a shining light coming down on me it was like what? it was like something like what is this I was like I've wasted so much time <laughs> yeah he's a good guy he's, he's yeah. great to look it's great to talk like uh, to chat to and uh his presenting style is amazing. It's just like yeah, yeah. he's like a comedian up there. Looks like Eric Helms as well. He's basically a comedian yeah, in fitness. He's fantastic. Yeah, the pyramid books were, were great. Absolutely great. So, would you say so? Obviously, from starting out, were those the guys that maybe that you'd start to follow? So maybe people that are just starting their fitness journey. Would you go straight to those guys right now? Or yeah, I would definitely yeah. like just. Aaron Aragon, Team 3D, I mean, Eric Helms, all the guys there, Brad Schoenfield, Brick Contreras, but... Shredded by Science as well. Shredded by Science, and obviously Steve, my coach, Steve Hall, Revive Stronger, because he's doing some awesome stuff at the moment. And I would also say AJ Morris as well, if you heard of him. Yeah, AJ he, Morris. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's doing some... So his podcast, we'll give them a shout-out as well. Um, he's doing... Yeah. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head now. Um, Team, Muscle Radio. Team Muscle Radio, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah great. Yeah, so I go. think those two, like in in our in the, this country, shredded by science, revive stronger, and AJ Morris, I think doing really good stuff with like the bodybuilding community, powerlifting, and stuff like that. Even like even like, the stuff they put out for gym pop- population is yeah. easy to understand and, yeah. and apply. And you know there's no alter- alternative motive behind it, like trying to like rip it off. It's just about like putting good quality information out there that people can action. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing, nothing like the. Uh, 
I guess the people who are like, yeah, it's great. This get this six figure straight away, and you'll get that in twelve weeks. Oh, really? All right. Oh, wonderful. Thanks. Tell me how to do that. Great. <laughs> Bullshit. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. So let's let's crack on to some of the subjects we're going to talk about. So yeah. we've we've written a little skeleton score of what we're going to do. Um, so we, they, you two have both got projects personally that you're doing um, in terms of yeah. figure um, and where you're going. And then we'll we'll talk about something that I really want to get into is uh, the commercial gym stuff. So we'll we'll freeball about you two, and then I, I really want to hear this because it's going to turn into a rant. It's going to be amazing. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> right, so. We were talking, Joe, about general pop lean to stage lean, kind of, I don't know, kind of beach body ready to being on stage. And you wanted to yeah. just chat really about about the mechanisms that you're starting to do. Obviously, you're, you're coached by a guest we've had on, Mr. Steve Hall. So I know yeah. reasonably well now. Um, he's got a great surname. So um, that's about <laughs> it <laughs> for him. But um, yeah, so talk to us about what you're starting to do in terms of, so obviously you're a lean guy. I can see that. So you're, you're pretty active. You've been training for a while. Um, so what have you started to yeah. do with uh, Steve that's been different or that's changing? Yeah, I'd say, well, the plan is natural bodybuilding 13th of August. So we've started prep very early because I'm a first time competitor. Yeah. So you just don't know what the, you just don't know what's going to happen. Like me and Steve said, you don't know how you're going to react and stuff like that. Um, but the sort of the methods we're using are very different to what I'm used to. Um, what we did when we got because we did a photo shoot what 2015. So that was just like basically sort of beach lean anyone can get there and we just did like a gradual sort of calorie drop sort linear. of like yeah. linear every sort of like week to two weeks just gradually dropping calories and seeing how you how we react so it's very slow sort of linear progression with steve we're doing sort of like four weeks you, you may have talked to you about but four week mini cuts so you basically cut your calories like really low for like four weeks. Like so, the past four weeks I was on about two thousand. Okay. Um, luckily this week, well, five days he allowed me. Thanks, Steve. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm on a diet break, so you bump calories up to maintenance, and you go on a deload, and that just allows you to. I think it's more psychological because what I focus, what I found is when you go low calories, you just become very food fixated like very like i find myself just walking around supermarkets thinking what i can fit in <laughs> like earlier today i walked down to waitrose and bought some mustard because i wanted with sausages <laughs> so you just become around and around yeah uh, and what you do with this diet break is it's like just gives you a, a mental break really not to mention sort of like healing up sort of any niggles obviously i've done very high volume so you can drop your volume you can heal up and then from Monday, we'll go aggressive again. So it's kind of like he uses like the analogy of like, you know, Formula One cars. You can't just go around mental constantly. You have to take pit stops. And that's basically what we're doing sort of right now. But that's obviously getting ready stage lean, like very sort of lean. Fat has to come off single, every single digit. Yeah, fat has to come off everywhere. <clears throat> like, I've dropped four kilos already, but like doing the video to steve we know there's got to be a lot more fat to come off yeah um and i'm 
I'm, I'm pretty lean, I'm about seventy, about seventy-five point five at the moment. But I'm going to be very lightweight. It's going to be down into the sixties, definitely, with the amount of fat that has to come off. And it can be what we're saying is that's one. It's sort of that's sort of stage lean. But for gem pot, they just want to get lean, lean, yeah, lean, look better, sort of naked stuff like that. You don't have to go to that extremes. It can be you can sort of simplify it. And me myself, like even though I'm prepping for stage, I'm not doing anything sort of ridiculously extreme. I'm just being very consistent with the basics. Like I set myself three goals every single day with nutrition, and that is get as close to my calories as possible, get as close to my protein as possible, and get enough fibre in. That is literally, that's a free must for me, the nutrition. And it's nothing extreme, but I do it, I literally do it every single day. And then that just adds up. It's like, like you said, it's like a compound effect. It just adds up keeps going and that's how I, I sort of tackle sort of fat loss and calories very small goals every day and that's what I think the gem pop could benefit from just doing it that way that's that's well that's what we talk about with you know in our free Facebook group as well those three little simple points that Joe talks right. about that you can apply that is you know really quite easily achievable isn't it every yeah. single day and you know you don't have to be looking to go single digit percent body fat when you when you're looking to get lean like that's not like a magic number like you don't have to get there but i think you know we prefer just like if it's gym pop for us personally Simpl- more simplifying and just doing more of a gradual linear drop like when we did two years ago for our photo shoot um because it you know yeah it got got quite hard towards like the last sort of four to six weeks when calories got a bit lower but um it was simple, you know, mm-hmm. just stick, stick to those calories, hit, try and get as close to your macros as you can, keep training, chuck in some, some deloads and yeah. I think what, enjoy the process if you yeah. can. <laughs> yeah, I think like, especially, I think we were talking before about the 3DMJ guys and um, obviously the godfather, Jeff Alberts, you've seen his, his kind of prep right now is, it's almost year, a whole year, a whole year of yeah, prep. Yeah is what he's doing like so he can start on he starts he obviously is in a deficit for a a long time but he's enjoying the process because he doesn't feel like he's in a deficit because it's so long the calories can stay that can be there so in in terms of so obviously this is your first competition so it's still you're still trying to find out what really works for you um is when when did you start your essentially start your prep from when you decide oh i've i've build off potentially I'm gonna drop from now because I built up enough muscle maybe loading up whatever I'm just gonna see what's under there and when when did yeah. you start and obviously what do you say April was the uh the cut date not to, it's not the show's August August okay cool so you got ages yeah. right yeah so yeah mate, yeah that's what we're doing the like you said similar to Jeff and just giving ourselves as long as possible yeah. just so you can take it step by step but I worked with Steve been working with him since last September now Cool. So we did like, we basically did September, October, November, December, like really sort of trying to build some muscle up, very high volumes in a calorie surplus. And then we decided, let's, you know, let's start New Year, January. Let's give us as, as much possible, as much time as possible. You probably won't be, because what happens is if I would have tried to carry on like gaining and force feeding muscle, and then I would have started like prep, say like March. It's probably going to come a time where I'm going to have to like really struggle and cut calories very low. Where hopefully the approach we're doing at the moment 
it's going to be like like you said, I'm going to be in a deficit, but I'm going to be in a deficit for a long time, but a manageable deficit. Yeah. I, I think what some people would do is just like cut calories ridiculously low and then just burn out, and that's the last thing you want to do. Um, so I think it comes down to how lean you want to get is how long you can be in a calorie deficit, really. I think, I think yeah, it's all as, as essentially as well. It's it's. I realise it's like a lifestyle, but it's sustainability is I yeah, think yeah. what we're we're trying to coach at, like into our even general pop clients, because we want these guys to stay with us for like if ideally a general pop client will stay with us at least six months to maybe two, three, four years, and they won't they won't see us as an expense. They see you as a necessity, and like they will always have you there. Um, even with they have to drop down and you're like all right i'm just doing nutrition or whatever you're just accountability but the whole sustainability of it is is where you're coming from if you're doing it a long amount of time is you're not doing like a 12 week 12 week strip and then kind of relapse is i think what we get now exactly so like i said even though i am even like like competing in natural body and you would say is an extreme it's like an extreme goal to get up on stage yeah like the process we're doing is not it's not really that extreme i would say you know it's probably it's more sort of tougher than sort of what a gem pot would have to do to get beach lean or like just lean but i would say i'm not doing anything like wacky or all this all crap that goes on in the industry i'm just like you said we're just being very very consistent with the basics and then when we need to tweak it we'll tweak it yeah i think yeah totally with you like referring back to maybe like the muscle strength pyramid stuff um you've you've got those two like the foundations of those just done you're not going to think about nutrient timing i'm guessing at the moment or kind no. of any of that kind of stuff. You 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 said your your layers are your calories, your protein, and your fiber. Essentially, that's yeah. that's you're not going to think like micronutrients. It's a luxury sometimes. Maybe you should take it like an A to Z or whatever. And... <laughs> so but what you're, fine, what you're fine as well. With, again, with gem pot people, is they have that pyramid and they switch it on it. It will go upside down. So yeah. the point you'll have everyone will literally focus on like the supplements the nutrient timing or the food composition because it sounds sexy and all that but and then and then the bottom ones be at the top and they, they won't even like people won't even comprehend the bottom ones they really won't and that's what we try it like with the people we work with we really try and hammer that home to the extent like this will get you results yeah. if we're consistent with it and just forget about those top layers for now because they're going to they're not going to they give you like what five to fifteen twenty percent if you've got the basics in place, yeah, <laughs> and That's yeah, cool. not enough people have spent enough time in the fucking gym. Like, yeah, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're just like, all right, you got to cut away, but what's there? Um, uh, maybe not, not much, probably. Uh, counter- <laughs> it's like we've been it's like, I think we talked about in training age before. It's like really training age. I'm, I'm I think, I, like, I'm still very young. Yeah. Like I say, like I've been training in the gym since like twenty, but like I said, I've wasted five of those years. They're not, <laughs> they're not proper training years, yeah. really. Like. <laughs> Which is yeah, exactly what we've been through before. Yeah, like I was thinking about this earlier. Yeah, I reckon we've only probably got what three, maybe four proper train, yeah, training training years on yeah. our belt. So we're still we've, probably, <laughs> we've only probably just 
finished our beginning. Well, we're in, we're in the intermediate get, stage. Yeah, just enter that intermediate stage, which is when you need to, you know, get help from That's when things start to like, stagnate a bit, progress starts to stall a bit. Yeah. So moving from that, so we talked about getting lean. You both prepped for your photo shoot. What has changed uh, in your direction from both of you to see what Joe's doing now uh, for prepping on stage? What obviously you you prep for your photo shoot to get a little bit lean, but is there anything yeah. you're anything you're doing differently now, or is there or do you made mistakes for that photo shoot looking back? Yeah, we, our main mistake with the photo shoot was training, wasn't it? Yeah, training wise, like okay. God, I don't know how we did. I don't know how we did it. Like that again. That's what. That's when we st- only just started. Um, really? Found out about sort of flexible dieting and we were quite new to it, which did help us. Yeah, but, um, yeah. We were, I think we were tra- training way too much. Um, Didn't even know what deload was. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> don't think we deloaded. I mean, we we stuck to the principles of the nutrition. You know, staying in that calorie deficit. Yeah. You know, dropping them linen linearly. Can't even say that word. <laughs> um, you know, getting our protein in, and um, you know, we did it for what it was about twelve weeks. Twelve weeks. We did yeah, get, yeah, yeah. we did get, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty lean. So Twelve weeks to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but main thing has been training. Definitely clearing ourselves up with training. Like the reason that photo shoot we got lean is because we were in a calorie deficit for twelve weeks. Yeah. Our training obviously helped a bit, but like I said, it was just always like balls to the wall. Still back then, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like training to like failure, like very like close to failure on low calories as well, which is tough. And we were doing. Well, I was like, doing five five weight training sessions a week with mm. with car- I was doing about one hour cardio. Yeah, this this time I'm going to try and go as long as I can about doing cardio, <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly like yeah. From obviously our experience and going through coaching with Dan as well is the cardio comes in when the weight stops <laughs> dropping off. Essentially, it's like you stay. Stay, stay at what the calories you are, and then all right, you have a choice: you either drop your calories or you start hitting some steady state, um, or hit training or whatever you decide to do. That's why we're a massive advocate of the activity trackers, so we can track yeah. what we're fucking doing. That's, um, that's yeah. <laughs> you're both there, so I'm fairly, fairly active. I mean, I'm pretty active most days anyway. So when yeah. if, if if I start chucking in like drop my calories too low, chucking in cardio, I'm active anyway. Yeah, yeah that's, oh, that's that's too much for me to deal with. I've only, I mean, I've only been start. I'm only about three weeks into starting my cut, so yeah, it's just taking it, you know, slowly and going to those methods if if you need them when things do stagnate. Yeah, especially with the stagnation thing is is something that I think a lot of people haven't realized as well i think i was i was sitting in a uh, a meeting with my marketing team and uh, we were talking about training and they were like oh uh, how do you well, i think they wanted an article written to me by like rest about rest days and how many should you do and i was like all right can i go into deloads for that and they were like and what would that be i was like oh, all right you're a gym marketing team you should you should know what deload means um and i was like just break it down for me take the load off and you basically you do this you still train but maybe take a day off and then just go loading all the way down they're like all oh, right is that that's a thing right and i was like yeah yeah that's a, that's a thing yeah. <laughs> I was like, that to you actually just now like i was in training in uh in my commercial gym and someone came up to me and I was, i'm on the deload this week yeah and uh, i was only like you said i was only doing like a couple of sets on each like not breaking a sweat really that's that's what the, the d there to recover in and out um yeah done it in like 34 minutes it's like some 
I was like, you, you normally train um, harder than this, don't you? Like, and I was like, I'm on a deal where it's just I'm trying to recover. You know, that's what it's there for. And I was just trying to break it down to him what 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 deload is, and it's like. I said to Joe, that's probably one of the biggest things we've implemented in the past yeah. couple of years is putting deloads in. It's made our obviously recovery great, which has helped us helps us progress a lot better in the gym in terms of it, with my powerlifting as well. Yeah, I my mean the roof last year and deloads were like were a key. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll so we can move on to that man because obviously you're at the powerlifting yeah. meet for me, so probably our training, even though we didn't know of each other back then would have been very very similar if we were prepping for that meet and deloads for me i fucking love them and they're yeah. like they're like a godsend when like my coach john clark would put well, he kind of he he let me auto regulate my deloads and because i guess he knows yeah my coaching background i was like dude i'm smoked i'm taking 10 days off um and he's like cool bro <laughs> phone me in 10 days I'm like alright yeah. wonderful <laughs> I get to do whatever the fuck I want to do basically uh, but yeah I mean the deload stuff is is something that um, especially for prep and I feel like I, I don't do as much bodybuilders prep as maybe I'd like to but um, I, I hazard a guess that deloads or speaking to Dan obviously I, I consult his fucking programs um yeah, he he hadn't deloaded for about twenty weeks before, and I was like, "What? What? What?" what? <laughs> I was just like, "You can't just keep chucking overloads on." I was like, "It's not happening. Um, just chill. Take like 10, 15 days off. Doesn't matter." I think that Brad Loomis said that it was just like, "All right, take three week deload. What's going to happen? Like, you still yeah. don't train. You still want to keep exactly. calories fine. Nothing's going to happen to you." Um, I think it's, a, it's more of a cycle. Like I found with working my client, it's a psychological thing with deloads because. Yeah. People think they're going to the gym, they're not doing much work, so oh, they're they're not progressing, they're losing muscle, which we know is not the case. Yeah, it's kind of like it's like what Steve says is like trying to sort of like phrase it differently, like whether it's like an introductory phase or like a primer phase, or yeah. you're setting yourself up to win for the next like four weeks and stuff like that. Mm. And that's what I found with like sort of my online clients is it's, it's a psychological thing with, with people because. It's this whole sort of culture of going into the gym, you know, going hard and stuff like that. With deloads, we know it's the complete opposite of that, but it's they're, they're crucial. They are crucial if you're training properly. They're crucial. Yeah, it did, it did take take me a while to sort of when I started doing them. I, started, I didn't yeah, quite yeah. didn't quite like them because I saw you <laughs> training so hard all the time, and I thought this is this is weird. But but now like the week after deload is just dream because. One like you one your performance in the gym is gonna be better, but two mentally you're in a better state because mm. you're just so you want to get back in. there's nothing better after D that Monday where you're like, right, D over, let, let's fucking go again. Yeah. It's that's that's that is that is a good feeling. Instead of like dragging yourself to the gym like week nineteen, right, and you're doing like, <laughs> like what you're doing, like nineteen sets of squats or that, like GBT. Yeah. <laughs> when you get to the gym and you're under the bar and like we all have shit training sessions, that. But when you like it's happening regularly, when you're under the bar and you're just going through the motions. Something needs to change. Something yeah. needs to change, and yeah. it's a deep. <laughs> and that's that's when it gets dangerous, I guess. Yeah. When people, you stop caring, you're not thinking about breathing, bracing, tension, core, whatever. Any cues that maybe your coach has given you, and you're like, oh, screw this, uh, just chuck this on, and then like, yeah, before you know it, you're injured, which is yeah. what happens. Um, cool. So, Simon, you obviously prepping for that shoot. 
um, and then you're prepping for stuff. So getting beach lean, whether I'm using air quotes all the time through these lean things. Um, <laughs> so I can, um, yeah, and then obviously your powerlifting prep, training. What obviously powerlifting has taken a big kind of input on what bodybuilders starting to doing now. Um, I will say that because a lot of bodybuilders are training more like powerlifters um, for their stuff. But how did your training change um, when you were getting coached by some chap as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, the reason why I wanted to do a powerlifting uh, meet last year is because you know, I, I just wanted to get strong, basically. You know, yeah. I've been training for like uh, five, six years and I was like looking at my numbers, my squat, my deadlift my bench press and I love those lifts I love you know who doesn't like lifting like quite heavy you know because he's so, so injury prone but um, yeah so I just looked at them and thought right I, this year I'm just going to get strong so you know no more like pissing around pump work like 50% of the session and um, I, I know that has its place you know that obviously it does help like obviously hypertrophy building muscle you know, the six to, to 15 rep range, which obviously I've been doing five years prior to that, but I was training with no sort of real, no purpose or progressive overload in place. Um, I mean, when I got lean for that photo shoot, I was following a book. It was a Lane Norton program, wasn't classic, it? But again, we still, we still didn't really, we still didn't really understand sort of progressive overload until we started reading up on it from, with like 3DMJ and stuff. So come, come, what was it? Like, what was it like? 2016. Start of 2016. I did start doing. I did a little bit of. Um, what was that program? Five three one. That that was like the introduction for me to get into powerlifting. Yeah. I didn't do it for a lot. I just did it for a few months. It, it did get more because that's, um, in a nutshell, progressive overload that program. Um, especially with like lifting into those um, lower rep ranges. So that that, that got me going a little bit. Um. But then I started, so I reached out to the, the guy who coached me for my first powerlifting meet, James Blanchard, uh, JB Nutrition, little shout out for you, mate. Um, he was a monster himself yeah, in powerlifting. Um, and he, yeah, he sort of, it was just a linear progression with powerlifting in terms of starting off high volume um, and then volume drops, intensity increases. Um, so you're starting off like high, I mean, that's, you know, a basic powerlifting um, protocol. Is that something that you, you followed as well in uh, terms of... I mean, your, yeah, your pretty, prep? I mean, pretty much so. I prep powerlifters as well, so I... I think it's one of the burdens as as well through uh, with Clarky. I, I, I look at the programs that he gives me and I, I generally don't say anything. I just do it. But then there's yeah. some stuff that I'm like, I need this in. Uh, like, especially I'm more of a rehab corrective uh, really my background is biomechanics so and I'm like alright I need this to tick over because I know something's going to happen with this and blah 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 he's like cool yep you know more than me but blam stick this in but yeah I was I, I st- basically he put me on about yeah eight weeks of volume and he was like cool I know you can train hard now and that was literally like just a tester just to see whether I could fucking train yeah. whether he actually wanted to coach me or not I was like alright yeah <laughs> and then uh, yeah then we started like we I was more on like a I was more on like a daily undulating uh, program. Uh, I was still, I was four times a week and I was squat, benching, deadlifting every single day, essentially. Um, so it was still caught more of like a linear progression, really, in terms of like my, my reps were starting to come down, like a 5-3-1 cycle. And then I would say whether I needed a deload or not. Um, 
or go go back up more than anything else. Um, I was more round about that stage. So and then going up to comp. Um, so that like I had about six weeks prep phase up to comp was like I'd hit like threes, threes, twos, twos, and then I'd chill for two weeks, and then yeah, and just see where my basically my singles were. So is that similar to you? How was your like prep phase a little bit? Yeah, I mean going back to like sort of the, like the beginning as well. I think the biggest change for both of us as well. This is is that frequency. So obviously we come from a background of bodybuilding splits. So like. Yes. Bro, it's like chess one week, uh, chess one day. One week. <laughs> chess one day, arms one day, back, biceps, you know, all that sort of, that split. So, yeah, obviously powerlifting, when I went to powerlifting, you're, like, you're squatting two, three times a week, benching three times a week, yeah. deadlifting twice a week. So, it's, it's simple, really. Like, if you start doing something more, that's it's going to increase quicker. Like, yeah. like, I think in 2016, my, my t- I wrote a blog on it, but my total increase from the start of 2016 at that comp by 100 kilos in total over the big three yeah because uh, obviously I'm, I was really new to powerlifting anyway I only just started really training the, the, the main lifts several times that week I made sure my recovery was you know in check it was hard you know it, it did take its toll on me but obviously I, I got hit some hit some PBs and did really well but yeah going back to the sort of the, the 12 weeks before is the same sort of setup as yours starting off six six eight weeks of volume volume drops intensity increases hit some like rep pbs on the way yeah um started hitting sort of yeah trebles trebles and, and doubles like four or five weeks out um big big deload uh, before and i was prime primed and ready for it um did, yeah i enjoyed the process obviously it's full body training as well and i've got since doing powerlifting i've grown to love full, full body training yeah like now i don't really Sometimes I might do an upper or lower day, uh, but I never really do like splits anymore. Um, it's not it's not that because I hate them having anything yeah. against them, but it's just I prefer training because I can only get in the gym four times a week max because yeah. um, because of, of my lifestyle basically, and um, so that's why I like hitting those full body training sessions or upper lower. And I'm doing that now, full body training whilst getting lean. Same, not as much frequency as a powerlifting program. I'm still squatting, deadlifting, benching, but only like once, twice. Um, the, key, the key is as well, going back to probably both of you, is like with the higher frequency, you're not go, going in and going mental every session, are you? You're sort of training intelligently, so you're never really sort of, I don't know about you, but never really touching muscular failure until specific points of training. Yeah. And I think that is, that's a big sort of another game chapter with us. It's probably deloads, and like Simon said, it's like not going in and basically taking every single set to failure, like because that's exactly what we did in our younger days, and like we see it in gyms now, is taking everything to failure, like every single set. So say you got like twenty sets in a workout, every single one of those sets taking to failure, and you do that over a significant period of time, you're going to come unstuck sooner or later. And probably like I know with my training, both your training, especially you're probably like only hitting muscular failure. I don't even know when you are like. So literally, yeah, going for that. Like um, it was only a phase of training where Clarky put me through. I do it with some of my guys sometimes. It just, but it depends on mindset as well. It's like yeah. um, AMRAP sets at the end. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like you got, he'd be like, all right, you're at eighty percent. 
um, I want two sets of fives and then uh, your AMRAP to see how many yep. you can do and then that's the, that's the only failure you can do and then everything else come for that session will come down to like a seven uh, RPE and then yeah. you just can't, you kind of you're not you're leaving about three or four reps in the tank for every other exercise you're doing that day so I had a week of that um, every like every four weeks usually and then deload um, so fair. yeah that was that was kind of a it was kind of a gauge especially so referring back to your 531 um, so that was written by Jim Wendler um, he's got an algorithm that that you can kind of put in your weight, and then there's a, there's a few different algorithms that you can do that, and it gives you a rough rough guide of what your rep max should be, so you can see where the progress is happening. And that the five three one is the most linear progression that you can do. And uh, me me and Dan, you probably if if we take on a new client, uh, the chances are that for either four to eight to 12 weeks we're going to look at a 531 cycle just to see what you can do and see yeah. how you progress because it's so it's so standard it works we know it works um yeah why I, I think if anybody's starting out training and starting out strength training properly i think that is the personally i think it's the most grounded and easily sustainable amount of training as well especially uh, when you when you did it when you did your just coincidentally because we've played around i've manipulated it quite a bit and changed around bits that i like and taken out and kind of i don't know nerdy wise because i've got a lot of training programs that i put together and all this kind of crap but when did you use the typical 90 percent of your what your run maxes were or did you go off 100 percent of what the numbers were saying because you can change I it the, i think i just did the original yeah so that yeah so the 90 percent one so going back through that if anybody uh just go literally type in to like a, the app store 531 and you can get an app that does it for you no need for us coaches at all um but, <laughs> but <laughs> <and> like uh <laughs> it's great if you if it, it has like so originally wendler wrote it as like a year literally a program you can do for a whole year um and so you 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 make you put your one rms in but you only as your number you use your 90 percent of your one rep max and you so you never train to failure you always train yeah. under yourself yeah, that's, so that's what yeah yeah so you're always you're, you're always training but you're never to failure but you're always training kind of hard but and then oh, you realize okay. after maybe three months of it you you might be like all right i might do a test here and you're like fuck i'm strong and but it just you add 2.5 kilos on every single time or you have the five kilos and then it starts to go up and up and up so it kind of starts easy-ish and then gets harder 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 but you should get stronger so yeah big advocate of that jim wendler's a great guy um he's yeah he's fucking tank as well he's he's a bit of a maniac though um yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's why you know i think i progressed so quickly is because changing that mindset from thinking i had to go to failure so often to sort of just you know training hard trying to increase you know every every other week training my um increasing the volume increasing like the weight on the bar or the reps total reps um yeah it's just changing that mindset a little bit and just thinking long more long term like you don't you don't have to be hitting a rep pb every week yeah, everyone lives, you can't. Basically. Everyone lives in the moment. Maybe in your first like three three months of training, but yeah, but everyone it, lives in one session. It's interesting. You you spoke like psychologically as well. How you, like even for you, Joe, how you're setting out your calorie goal, those goals per day, and then yeah. obviously you're setting 
both of you have set out right this is this is our photo shoot you're prepped for that this is our meet i prep for that prep for this yeah. on stage that's that's your goal so yeah especially what you guys would do your clients as well you always were setting like well we're gonna get to this day what's your goal gonna be whether it be a triathlon a 10k run or blah 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 goal yeah. setting is massive right because it keeps you on track and then just once you set that goal i say it's just about the pro like I set the goal, even though I've got that bodybuilding show still in my mind, it's like the back, but I've sort of like forgotten about it and just focus on the process, be yeah. more process orientated, because if you're consistent with the process, the goal should take care of itself. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Again, that's what we try and do with our clients as well, is get them a goal and then sort of put the steps in place to focus on the process to get to that goal. It's perfect. So obviously, both of you are online coaches. Uh, both of you train people. You both train people in in real life as well at the moment. Oh, I yeah. don't. Know. Joe, I'm, just, Joe, I'm, just, I'm just online. I'm just oh, online. Luxury, online. luxury, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so you bodybuilders yeah. that just do online. That is it. And then so, yeah, <laughs> just like it's, it's you have to. I swear you have to to be a bodybuilder because you can't hack like the the amount of neat that you have oh, to do yeah. to actually. Like, it's Dan the same. Like, I have a go at Dan because I I consider like actually because when he did his first photo shoot, he was still PTing like eighty hours a month and blah blah blah, and he had a baby and everything. So he found that really really hard with all the lifestyle changes. And now when he did his show, he found the the prep so much easier because he wasn't at work. Well, obviously at work, but you know what I mean. Like you you get up and walk to your computer. No offense, but exactly. Yeah. So primarily one to one. Yeah. Um, I do a bit of online coaching, but mainly that's Joe's gig. Um, with, with SJ Fitness, but yeah, I'm one to one at a commercial gym, which I'm sure we're going to start talking about in a bit. Yeah, we will in a bit. We'll, we'll leave that. We're we'll leaving that egg right there because I'm going to love that. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So talk to us about. Like so, uh, you've both been coached and or being coached right now by, and you're both coaches. Which obviously, me and Dan have advocated so much. We all have coaches. If you're a coach, get a fucking coach. Whether it be one of us, couldn't give a shit. If he's somebody good, great. Go go check out the guys we said. Um, obviously, not some of the guys that just steal money from people. But um, yeah, the um... steal <laughs> macro. Macro coaches. That's <laughs> Like for me, but I haven't got coach at the moment. But for that, um, I'm basically for that powerlifting comp, so I did invest in a coach. Um, and that again, that was another big reason in the blog I wrote about with my powerlifting. He was a big reason why I did so well because, like you said, it's you're accountable to someone, you're checking with someone, making sure you're progressing, you know, weekly, monthly, and you're on track to that. Onto that that end target, that end goal, and obviously it takes out a lot it of guesswork guess out as well. Yeah. Like I was really new to powerlifting last year. I mean, I, I knew a little bit, but not not much. Like, so that's why I thought I want to do this properly. I want someone who's been there, done that. He's he's had like a good few years, maybe more than that. You know, training people, doing powerlifting comps. He's done powerlifting comps himself, and you know he just did the uh, the training for me. I mean, I'm, I I took charge of my nutri- nutrition. You can be a little bit relaxed with uh, with powerlifting. I think. Yeah. Um, I just you were in the country before, right? <laughs> just um, you just eat to perform, basically. It's not so aesthetic, is it? But um, yeah, the um, obviously the training took a lot of stress out because sitting down and writing it all down, you, you can do, but it takes a lot of um, 
again, you're always, you're always sort of second guessing yourself. Yeah, you're, not you're not impartial either. You can't like take yourself out the equation, and that's why it comes down to like again that whole training to failure thing. Like if you were writing your own program, you'd probably be going in trying to like push yourself all the time. But if you've got a coach saying no, you're doing this this week and it's gonna you're doing it because of this reason just think all right then just go in the gym and do that and it takes care of itself yeah for sure that's that's a huge thing the second guessing thing i think which is massive so yeah obviously you've got both the accountability issue and just yeah second guessing everything's done for you is what i like um (laughs) i don't have to think about what i'm gonna be doing i mean training nutrition um it's stressful in its own and then you've got like outside factors like this is this like sort of maybe talking about gen population so people trying to get into shape they're, you know they're dealing with work on the side they're dealing with kids yeah. and stuff and then they're like well i want to want to get into shape and stuff but they don't know where to start so then that's even more stress so if you go to like a coach and ask like some advice get, yeah. get yourself going you're going to be you're going to be on the right path obviously try and source them out source the coach out first to make sure obviously they have got evidence behind them results with other people and yeah. they know, know what they're talking about but it does it does eliminate a lot of stress and hassle down your end time as well and money is and money essentially oh, God, it, cost, it costs money to get a coach yeah. but then if you're if you're spinning your wheels for months and months and months paying a gym membership you're not really going anywhere you're paying for supplements pointless supplements and like other okay. stuff in the fitness industry that's everywhere that, that's, that costs money and essentially that might not get you anywhere yeah, I think investment really. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's what uh, something that we uh, we laid out as well. It's just it's someone's yeah, especially that that's a massive thing uh, that I kind of take into as well because I do mentoring within third space, basically all like academy tier one trainers um, who oh. come to me, um, and they, it's just they especially with personal trainers. A lot of my online clients usually are PTs and. Even, even I, I think even for that, I'll quite happily ask Clarky if I'm unsure or something. It's, it's like, all right, especially from a business point of view. Maybe not. It's not really general population. My online clients, I guess, um, but they're just looking for that, just an advice on yeah. on their careers and stuff like that. I was like, should I be doing this? Uh, no, probably not. All right, wonderful. I'd quite happily. You'd probably pay somebody for that advice, and if you got it on tap for online clients as well, which is which is great. So. Definitely something that both of you guys are doing well. So obviously you've been in the game for. If we if we start talking years, then you're doing well. So yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people just go, "Oh fuck this!" No, I've done a month of training. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two years and they're out. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome, right? So um, commercial gyms. So yeah, this is just kind of happened on conversation when we we're setting this uh, this show yeah. up more than anything else it wasn't anything that uh we we planned to talk, planned to talk about but i when uh simon was saying that he wanted basically he laid out to me that he was he was looking at uh studio facilities and i was like oh right why, why is that and he was like oh, i want to get out of the commercial gym game um kind of want to leave um so there's obviously i'll, I'll say it like stories um so I've talked to Dean Somerset as maybe a guy that does a lot of work with uh, with Tony Gentlecore over in the state. Well, he's obviously Toronto based, um, but he still works at whatever like Globo Gyms or whatever some massive 
place there. Um, even though yeah. he's a massive how well in, within the fitness industry, he's a, he's a household name and he does a lot. Of, he's amazing, and he 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 wrote an article about why he will never leave uh, there and why he needs to be there because basically his business his business is amazing. Of course, he's the be- he's the biggest fish there. He's he's like all right. I've got a massive pool of people. I they're always going to come see me. I've got my well known all blah 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 blah. But I guess some of the stuff that what you're going to go into Sam, no, no, some, no. <laughs> is uh, I get I can to- I've, obviously I've, we spoke before me and Dan have had a sheltered existence within we were both in professional sport didn't really like it then we came out and worked for uh, I guess luxury gyms um, but yeah. we still, we're still going to see very similar things that I hope and I'll rant about I'll, I'll weigh in as well mate don't worry um, on commercial <laughs> gym settings uh, I've been in my fair share um, so yeah. yeah, what's what's the plan? What's the plan with this? You know, in terms of like, like personal training out of a commercial gym, like that's where I've ever that's the only place I've ever sort of trained people in. Like I've been in personal training now for a good few years, and I would say that it's a good a great way to start training people because there's so many people when you talk to people, we get a lot of experience working with different people. It's really really good in, yeah. in terms of that when you're starting up. Um, you know. I've been at the current gym I've been just over a year and before that I was at another gym that was a big sort of membership based gym which gets busy you know your classic peak hours gets really really busy um, but you know it's got to that point now where you know I've, I've built my client base up pretty pretty high I'm you know happy with it I just want to explore avenues like like private private studio you know where for, for me it's like now quality it's the quality of service like which is getting getting to me a bit like in those peak hours if I have like a female client um at like peak hours five six o'clock and we need to go over to the squat rack do some squats or like the three weights area and there's like six workmen doing cool ch- squats. just chuck, chucking like 50 kg dumbbells around and like stinking the place out and you know they're entitled to it because they pay their membership and, and that and that's great but you know for me is like training my clients there it gets to the point where you know yeah, the, the client is is intimidated, and that is a big problem with commercial gyms. You know, I speak to a lot of people where they've tried going to the gym, they've tried starting up this new, you know, fitness regime for the for the new year, and then they get a month, two months down, and one of the reasons why they left is because the it, it was the atmosphere it was too busy, it was too intimidating, and they couldn't get on the things they wanted to. There was no help, you know, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, the, in terms of that. Like training people, that that's where my frustrating frustration is coming from, and um, being a PT. So you know, we want our because we're in there. I'm in there wearing off SJ Fitness T-shirts, showing the brands. You know, I want to be making sure my clients getting the best service they can. Um, yeah. Following the plans, obviously, I write out structured programs where we're doing this, this, and this. And if I'm looking at that plan, uh, and we're like, right, we've got to do do squats, you know, bench press, deadlift rows whatever and I'm looking in that freeway there and everything's taken you know you've got to completely overhaul that training program it's like what was the point of sort of writing this plan now I mean you you and Steve all talked to, um, about flexible training which when I listened to that that was a lifesaver because I was, <laughs> I was going through like this like, I was like oh I can't get on the squat rack so it's over basically but flexible training is great because you can at least try and change that to like for a goblet squat which you can it's not the end of the world so that's really helped because of the setting I'm in. Yeah, um, but it's, it's still pretty frustrating when you know pretty much everything's taken and you know the client the client is a bit uncomfortable. You just got to get on and do what you can really. So that's why 
Um, yeah, I'm looking to sort of uh, we we want that at some point point to have our own place. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a it's a, a lot of hard work that we've looked into it and a lot of hoops jump through. I don't think it's probably going to happen anytime soon. Um, but you know, I'm looking at sort of private studios in and around the area, maybe taking off clients there, which are close, um, where it's quieter. And as long as you've got the basic equipment and you can train people on there, you know, we, we don't do anything too fancy. We, you know, with barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, body weight. Not swinging sticks in the air, no. Doing these weird doodles. If the basic equipment's there, the space is there, you know, we can get a good session with our clients. So that's, you know, that's in terms of training clients as a personal trainer. Yeah. That's, that's the rant with that for me. And you in terms of training in commercial gyms, I can just about do it. Just stick my headphones on and get on with it. Um, but even now, sometimes like I'm on. There's only one squat rack in the gym I train at, and there's over well over a thousand members. So during peak time, getting on that squat rack like a lot to one ratio. <laughs> like so that's why I try and avoid the uh, training in those peak hours. Like I'm lucky enough to try and get in during quiet times, but. Yeah. You know, you know, some people like you're on the squat rack and like you get like three people like queuing behind you, so in every set you got left. So it makes you try and like queuing to rush. get cash out. <laughs> it, it, it puts like pressure on you to rush and like yeah. you know we like our rest periods with big big lifts. You know you need to be resting for you can't like have thirty seconds rest and go again. Like you, you're, you're, you're like how many rep, like how many sets and you're like yeah I'm doing uh, eight sets of sixes so I got a while mate. So yeah, it does put a bit of pressure on you and like it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's the things we've training wise, it's the things we've touched on earlier, like training to failure, like everyone's in there just like smashing themselves to the absolute core on everything. And that's that's one of the reasons we like we sort of try and put that out content wise and educating people because because we're in commercial gyms all the time, we basically see it every day of what how people train and probably the one of the reasons why like even though they don't like to admit it, they're spinning their wheels and they're not seeing results because it's the whole thing of like training to failure, you know, just smashing yourselves into the floor every session. And then you just look at some people, you think like, what is their session? What are they doing? Like doing, doing one rep maxes every session, like <laughs> even if they're not powerlifters. Like, like <laughs> the majority of them aren't. That's the thing. Like, there was a young kid in the gym. I was, and he asked me, he asked me to spot him, which was fine. I was, I spotted him. So I was taking doing out of my own session, spotted him, and he must have tried about must be about five one rep max attempts, <laughs> and they all failed. Like every single one, it was on bench press. And then after like the fifth one, I like started chatting to him. I was saying, what's your, what's your goal then, mate? What are you looking to do? And he was just like, oh, I just want to just want to build some muscle, and get bigger, mate. You know? And I was like, maybe this this is maybe not the best route to go down, mate. Like. I mean, doing these one rep maxes like and failing all the time because you're not actually getting sort of any stimulus out of the muscles you're not building any training volume and then i was just like just trying to word it yeah to then i was just trying to explain like i couldn't really do because i was in such a short term but i was trying to explain like the eight like maybe working like six reps eight reps ten reps and then i had some other gorilla come over and said no mate you just want to lift as heavy as you can <laughs> i was like right i'm gonna get on with the rest of my session now. So, yeah, <laughs> it's just stuff like that that will happen all, every day, every single day. I, I think it's like again, it's not everyone, but some people just associate with big heavy weights, like one rep, two reps, with people being big and strong. When they they might see some guy like putting a 
huge deadlifts are doing a huge squat and thinking that's like the main reason why they're that size but they're probably not seeing all the other training they've done in the past with like you know the hypertrophy cycles they've been doing and and stuff like that but then they just they just fixate on that on that one lift and then they see a little bit of progress and think oh yeah it must be must be down to those the heavy lifts i was doing not not like the uh sort of the hypertrophy training i was doing (laughs) with commercial gyms as well like I was still speaking to Steve about as well. Like genetics play a huge role in people's physiques, and you can't just have like one guy who's like. There's one guy in my in the gym I go to who I can tell is naturally like got. He's been given a decent carb of genetics, like I can just tell. But you can tell people, and I look at his training, and I'm just what? Like, what is he doing? Like he does it like a set of bench press, and then they go into like a 20 minute run, and then they come back, and, and then that is a telltale sign that. Yes, you've been blessed with genetics, but you still don't have a clue. <laughs> but then you'll get, but then you'll get people who like, and this was myself when I was younger, who have got fucking not great genetics at all, who are going to ask that person. They're just saying what works for them. It's that whole n equals one, and then they start yeah. doing it. For and sure. that's the problem. That, that's the problem. Yeah, it just spreads. And yeah, and it just spreads. It's viral. It goes viral, and he said, and it's like, oh, the big guy over there says, I'll oh, do this, and then you're just like, until like like we spoke about information from like people like Aaron Arrigan and Eric Helms gets mainstream which it's been a big push like in the last few years until that gets mainstream it's a tough tough ask to sort of change that sort of philosophy mm. at the end of the day I think it's just a bit you know it's always going to be there it's just just ego really yeah like with a lot of people and a bit, bit set in their ways and you know, they might come around but yeah. There's only so much stuff you can put no, out no, to no. those sort of individuals, and it's up to them if they action it, action it take mm. it on board, or they carry on going down what they're I mean, doing. With that as well, there's there's I, f- I feel like especially yeah because I do a lot a lot of workshops um, educating, and a lot of this shit falls on no offense crap personal trainers who don't care. Yeah. Basically, you both you're both in a position that you care. You're putting out free content, and we all put out free content all the time. That, to be honest, if we put a workshop together of the amount of content you put out over the last two years, it's credible, um, and sold it, you'd be like, shit, uh, yeah, wow. Um, you'd quite happily <laughs> you'd normally pay for it, and the, some of the PTs that just just don't bother reading it and don't don't take it on board or don't question their methods. Or right. that don't aren't consistently like like you said you we, me and Steve talked about flexible training and then suddenly you've trained how you trained your client like you've been like cool I listen to that that works bang I've done a minute plate how what I do and I'd be I did exactly the same through listening to podcasts myself like I listen to Barbell mm-hmm. Shrugged a hell of a lot because they've got lots of different aspects of training and there's um, I've done a lot more like PRI stuff um, so postural restoration and it's not something that I've ever known about but. We've all got to consistently keep on learning, yeah. and I feel, I feel especially in a commercial setting that maybe people, especially you've you've identified like my my clients are more important to me. I need my high quality. I've got to do that. I've got to take myself out of that environment. And you've been like, yeah, this is just just as people around me have been basically just weighing me down or whatever. So yeah. I yeah, I totally get it. No, it's just you're like, oh, I'm actually yeah. Especially, you probably think like I'm I'm shit hot in here. I'm probably the business person here. Like people are getting results. Maybe it's a great avenue for people like um, 
for to come to train with you but maybe that's why you got busy and now you realize actually i don't need it um so it's weird it's 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 always a like a it's a weird subject to to touch on because people are like oh no you got personal training as well it's normally like touching back like personal training it's most of them again probably like decent car genetically they've lifted they've got results themselves they're big and then what they do is because that's worked for them they won't bother sort of turning lifting and stuff like that they just transfer that over to their clients and just just retry hope for the best. just hope the best <laughs> Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was. It was some some like NFL coach or something. I don't. I don't know. It might have been actually somebody like Lane Norton or who put it out. He was like, I'd rather have a coach that had yeah, yeah. done so much research, um, trained balls to wall for twenty years correctly, all this stuff, and only have only ever was an average athlete than this yeah. high class athlete that didn't have to put any work in to get there. And yeah, exactly. you're like, exactly. I'd rather have that guy because he knows what it takes to get even just right. to be average uh, yeah so I use the analogy with uh, premiership at the moment like if you look at the top coaches in the premiership all at the moment most of them weren't actually great players they were like decent they played professionally but they weren't like world class they were like average but they're now the best coach because they probably had to actually just knuckle down spend years learning the game and stuff yeah. like that and that's where they are now the best coaches i always use that analogy hmm. That's, yeah, exactly right. Yep. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, so we're almost at stupid things because we're going to rant about this. But before that, put out your all your social media feeds. Any kind of SJ Fitness that's coming up. Anything that anything you want people to take hold of. Two well, two main social media channels. Probably Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, just keep it simple. Just those two. Facebook SJ Fitness. Instagram is S underscore J underscore Fitness. So with all the underscores, what's going on there? Yeah. Someone else taken it. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, oh, I, I got I got a message from uh, Luke Johnson from Shredder by Science. Said change change it to just SJ Dash Fitness. I was like, all right, I tried. It all been taken. So oh, really? unfortunately, yeah, it's uh, got three underscores in there. So <laughs> you remember that? Um, yeah, they're the two two main ones. I mean, I do a little bit of Snapchat here and there, but yeah. otherwise, if I'm on all three, I'm literally on my phone nonstop. I tried to just tone it down a little bit yeah uh, yeah we're very consistent on like facebook and instagram like this content going out sort of like every single day we also have a free completely free facebook group uh, which is about 290 members now which again is different it's again we have like live q and a's in there we have recipes you know i post just training just yeah just general help. so if anyone wants to join that jump in we have a laugh, a bit of banter as well, which is all fun and games. We, we wanted to just create a little community basically yeah. because we've got no one in this area really like to go to to talk. So we wanted to create our own little community where we can talk training with other with other people, and that, that's why I think free Facebook groups are good because you might be in an area where no one else is really interested. Yeah. So when you've got a bit of support and from other people, and like I've joined loads of other free Facebook groups, and I've joined your your um, yeah community one just. It's just good because then otherwise you feel a little bit isolated with, with your obviously fit, training is our, our main our main our main thing. So you want, you want to be talking to people. Uh, uh, just, I, I always think yeah because I'm in 
because you you realise there's lots of people that you like are mutually in lots of different groups. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, oh fuck, I know that one. And you kind of get you kind of know each other through just online, and you're like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very very odd. But then you realise, oh, a lot of people actually got the same ideas as us, and that's essentially how like we met. So uh, yeah, it's, it's it's class to go. Obviously, go go. Everybody who listens to podcasts, go join that group. Um, get in there. Um, so. What you changed it in? You know, eat. Well, yeah, it's called Eat, Lift, Learn. Okay. It was some generic one before that, so we changed it. <laughs> it's not to go quite. I'll invite you in as well, mate. I'll do you know, more more clued up trainers in there. Yeah, as well. Definitely. <laughs> Sorry, we we we're all our guests. Apart from actually, I haven't, I haven't invited Boxy into our group. I should probably he probably got annoyed with me uh, <laughs> from that. First, uh, so. Yeah, um, obviously, hilarious thing that obviously me and Dan posted this week was both of us doing overhead squats. Weirdly, that we can we can kind of both get away with it. Dan's better than me. I'll, I will give him that. Um, yeah, he's got more mobility. I did, I did, I did, I did try that today. I managed to get one. That's about right. <laughs> my arms just shake uncontrollably. <laughs> we 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 both used to do a lot of uh, Olympic lifting together, and then uh, like I always do it with like just uh, one of those crappy little class barbells all the time like my yeah. clients and I was then one of our old guests uh, Andrew Casey Johnston was just doing some overhead squats because he's he's just a freak in nature and you talk about people who have uh, got great genetics he can't put any mass on like no matter how he tries but he is just free. He, he was at that uh, the powerlifting meet but he's just a freak yeah. He's set what is he seventy three kilos and he and, and his deadlift was two hundred and twenty five or two thirty and like he weighs seventy kilos and I was like you're you're just a complete twat basically um, <laughs> he can he can like do backflips and he can do yeah he's powerlifting Olympic lifting triathlons swimming running I was just like just go away I beat him at karting though so fuck him um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we fought Olympic lifting course didn't we. Oh yeah, yeah. God, that was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. two, two years ago we did Olympic lifting course, didn't we? Yeah, just, just to give it a go. Yeah. That's why I went powerlifting so much, it's simple. <laughs> Strangely, <laughs> both me and Dan are Olympic lifting coaches, but we haven't at Ollie lifted in about a year and a half, so yeah. So don't come to us for any more advice. Uh, the broomstick, that was about it. left us in the room. That's great. All right, so obviously both of you know about our normal feature on our podcast is we, we talk yeah. stupid things on the internet. Ooh, that sounds like bollocks. Probably because it is. Stupid things on the internet this week. Um, because there, it just keeps on giving. Um, so also something that obviously we talk about in the group. Um, I, if I'll come in your group and just start, start posting stupid things, people know who I am. Um, uh, yeah. So I think Simon, you posted um, something about abdominals, basically, um, in our Facebook community for listeners. Talk to me about that. Yeah, what's that hanging on the thing? It's the ab workout where they're smashing each other in the abs, like properly uppercutting people in the abs, like ab workouts, like and smashing medicine balls into the. And then what was it hanging upside? What are those things that you click around your ankles yeah, so and you like hang up? I'm, you, you I'm hang not up even the... sure what they are because I know we do have a pair. I believe in. I'm watching this video oh, uh, as we fucking. <laughs> Yeah. I can't remember what they're called, but basically, some that you click around your ankles. Gravity boots, aren't they? That's it. You got it. Yes. Gravity boots. Yes. So you click around your ankles and you hang upside down off a bar and obviously do like sit ups off there. <laughs> and then, you know, ninety percent of 
the population can't really squat properly, let alone get up upside down <laughs> and do like <laughs> stuff like that. And it's, it's ridiculously dangerous as well. But no, it, it just baffled me when I saw that. Like you, the thing is, you'll get you get some young lads maybe seeing that and just yeah, try, 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 try it, try it, try it in a commercial gym, like and do this punch, punching in the abs and probably like break a rib or something. <laughs> so unless you're like training to get the octagon, why, why on earth are you doing that? I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah just... It was Dan, wasn't he? I'll, I'll put it up. Dan said, maybe maybe if you're, fo- if you're a fighter, you could maybe get away with these extreme ab workouts where, you know, you're properly bracing and taking some punches to the but gut. Tony, but... the bricklayer. But, but <laughs> <laughs> if you're just, you know, doing some general core work, what's wrong with just starting off with a general plank or like, Jack knives, yeah, leg yeah. raises, hanging knee raises, yeah. and progressing from there. Oh, like, I really hardly do it. Like, even at the moment, I probably do. That's only because Steve said that I do it about six sets, maybe, or like a week. Yeah, and well, it might that, be twelve actually. But <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think it was, it's something that, like, actually. Like me and Dan never used. Like, I used to do it a lot. Apparently, in athletic training, we used to do like ab workouts or circuits and i and i always questioned why i was like why the fuck am i doing this i, I all well, i do is yeah. I, I do 100 meter sprints and then uh, suddenly i need abs for that all right okay yeah brilliant i need a hypertrophy the abs but i didn't really get it for, for bodybuilding and stuff i can kind of see it because they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they will grow and it's about being more defined and blah 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 but you still got to be like consistent and blah, blah all this shit but just like if yeah exactly like feel like bricklayer that comes in the gym and starts fucking throwing bricks at his like I just get to make him <laughs> punch him. <laughs> it's just gonna be it's just to be mad. Like obviously my my friend Luke Barnsley, I trained with him this week. He's got great abs, he's got great genetics, but he's a he's a stacked like git yeah. basically. But he was he just posted but does he have abs? And I I I went because uh, 'cause 'cause he's in my gym, I was like, Yeah, but he didn't get it from doing that. Um exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's just I think yeah. Dan posted like if he's a kickboxer, maybe. Um, but yeah, fucking, he just wants six pack. <laughs> just stay in a calorie deficit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Do all the ab workouts in the world, but if you're if the fat's still there and you're not paying yeah. attention to your, to your diet, then good luck. It's, it's yeah. just it's like the skinny guy with abs. Yeah, it's just like it's yeah, just, yeah. It's just yeah you. If you're skinny, you're gonna get abs. It's like they're, they're gonna be there. It's great. Um, if they're massive, then it's. it's... Body. <laughs> Walking in with a client like you know, forty year old female, like, just starting out, getting onto the tread, just showing her the basics, and you have got someone hanging off upside down, like smashing someone in the abs. It's like, what's going on here? Like, I'll be like, that's session... <laughs> that, that is session two. That's great. <laughs> just take them on. Perfect. Yeah. So, guys, Jesus Christ, ab workouts. Like, start. Yeah, jackknives, planks, fucking. Like one of my go-to's is like uh, L holds or anything like that. That's going to be challenging enough. Getting somebody bracing and their core functional, yeah. like functionally in a squat. Yeah. I guess I air quoted again. Uh, I hate yeah. the word functional. Um, so yeah, just doing that will be that'll be enough, surely. Like just just for oh, general. My cable crunch. Classic cable crunch bodybuilding move. Do hanging leg raises, and then I do classic. Russian twist with a med ball, basically. There we go. With, heavy, with a heavy med ball. <laughs> I like that as well. Though. They're good. Yeah, roll-ups. Yeah. yeah, there we go, yeah. I, I had roll-ups in my fucking program for a while. I think it was... Yeah, stability-wise. So. 
I, we wanted. I think that was uh, one of me and Andrew wanted to be pretty much the leanest powerlifters there. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that was our goal. <laughs> Not come last and be lean, and that was it. Uh, <laughs> awesome guys. Um, so I think we, we yeah before we go into Tony Jet, well Brad Loomis territory, I think we've been going for a fair long time. So anything you wanna anything good. all good? Anything more to yeah, say? Uh, it's been awesome coming on, mate. Thanks for letting us on. Yes. You know, the fact that you had um, Tony Jellicott on a couple of weeks ago, and then you've got us, is like a big honour for us. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we were surprised that Tony even knew who me and Dan were. We were like, oh, right. oh thank, thanks, Tony. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, First podcast for us, so, yeah, thanks for giving us the opportunity, and I hope everyone listening has enjoyed it, and even if you skip through and just take a few bits out of it, then... yeah. And, and learn something that'd be great I mean yeah I mean that's like half our podcast about like obviously me and Dan started it at the basis of to just start to talking to more people like yourselves yeah. if if they end up being massive names like Tony Jernicor but we want to we want to get people on that are do, we know are doing good work um, and that's exactly why we, we asked you to come on um, so it's absolute pleasure guys um, so go check out SJ Fitness uh, Instagram Facebook um, go check them out get in that free online group I'll be in there after you invite me um, so yeah. we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get in there and then uh, add videos up <laughs> <laughs> we'll see <clears throat> yeah we'll see what's going on there and obviously follow um, Joe's route to being on stage um, I'm sure we'll be posting a hell of a lot of stuff about that you won't be able to see me by the time I go on stage so uh, yeah go follow that obviously for people for actually relatable advice um, yeah check these guys out they're really good Awesome, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Dan should be back. We'll be back next week. Of course he will be. Um, yeah, we've got some cool, like, uh, even more cool guests lined up. Um, so obviously get in our Facebook group if you're not already, um, just for listeners community. If you don't listen, I'm gonna, I'm basically going to just pass a test to come in. Um, yeah, apart from that, we haven't got any news that we need to spout out about. Um, all good, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on. Perfect. Awesome. Cheers, Tom.